is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of MaxList. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. Every Wednesday, I talk to a different expert about the tools you need to find the work you want. Have you ever seen a coworker get fired and then go on to get hired for a great job? Our guest today says the secret to success in the workplace isn't a well-placed in-law. Instead, you need to take risks and accept the failure that might follow. Here to talk about why you need to fail in your own career is Dan Cumberland. He's the host of the Meaning Movement podcast. He also writes a blog about how to find your passion, calling, and life's work. Dan joins us today from Seattle, Washington. Well, Dan, let's get right into it. You say that in order to succeed, you got to fail. Uh, but aren't the best people, or rather the people with the best careers, those who avoid failure altogether? I love that that question. And I, I think that that's the story that probably a lot of a lot of people would like you to believe that behind the great careers, there's a, a, a smooth, straight line from from the day where they, they were born until doing whatever they're doing now and, and having massive success. But the truth is that I, I really believe behind every great career, there there will be failures, that failures are a necessary part of the process of finding the work that you love, of doing work that matters and work that you believe in. Well, Dan, how does failure help a career? Yeah, I think it really comes down to what you said in the intro there about risk, that you have to be open to the possibility of failure. If you're closed off to, to say that no matter what, I am not going to get anywhere near, not even in the arena of failure, then you won't be bringing enough of yourself to the table. You won't be taking enough creative risks. You won't be, be uh, taking those steps, leading, leading uh, your, in your workplace in the way that, would, would, uh, that creates change, that separates you from peers, that allows you to, to get those, those, you know, the things on your resume that, that you're most proud of typically are the things that you took a risk to create, to be a part of, and, and, and to take took the initiative on. And so, so I'm not here to advocate saying you need to get out there and, and you know, lose your job by, by any means. I think that there's, you know, failure should, you know, there should be some risk mitigation here. That's a part of this conversation. You don't, don't, don't make the, don't take the stupid risks, but that there should be some amount of risk and some possibility of, fail, of failure uh, that you're confronting on a, at least a weekly basis, if okay. not more often than well, that. Let, let's talk about how to manage the risk, but I, I do want to push yeah. back a bit because I know there's a listener or two out there who are thinking, okay, I went to my high school reunion. I heard about um, this person or that person and the wildly successful career they, they've mm. had. And yeah. I never heard about the setbacks, the failures. Yeah. I, so yeah. uh, I, uh, help me understand, Dan, a listener might say, how uh -huh. can somebody who's had a career like that, um, did they have failures? And if so, why aren't they talking about them? Yeah, totally. Great question. I think that what we need to we need to separate here is is catastrophic. I lost my job failure because I just, you know, broke company policy, did something for a client I shouldn't have done or just been irresponsible. That's not the kind of a failure that we're talking about here. But the kind of failure that you would see if you dug into the, that person's the, that person's life, if they've been really successful, if they've excelled, is that they've they've created a a uh, I guess a mode a mode of, of operation for themselves when they've been able to to um, bring uh, to 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 
bring what they what they what they want to bring what they're what they're uh, the vision that they have to the table in a way that that uh, allows the possibility that that couldn't come to fruition. So that might look like a project, an idea that they had, and, and they could have just sat on it in the meeting and taken the taken a, the easy way out by keeping their their creative ideas to themselves to change company culture, to change company policy, whatever it might be. They could have just taken the easy way out and just done their job description and nothing more. But the truth is behind the the those that that excel, there's those moments when they said, you know, in this meeting, it's not the easy thing to do for me to to uh, bring up this idea that's uh, goes against what you know we typically do around here. But I'm going to do it because because I believe in it. And if if everyone else at this meeting thinks it's a horrible idea, that's going to feel really bad, and that might feel like a failure. And I might have to sit on that and process that for for weeks to come. But by bringing it up. That's that moment of risk that we're talking about here. That where they're they're risking that 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 failure that could come from that uh, from that that moment yeah. of risk. Okay, I'm glad you brought yeah. up that example because I I do think that a listener might believe when you talk about failures that catastrophic failure you you did yeah. something wrong you broke a mm-hmm. policy or um, but what you're it sounds like what you're talking about are the ways we may self-censor ourselves we have ideas uh, we have suggestions we're in in that meeting as you described it and we're worried about the reaction of others and uh but uh tell us more about why it's important to put out ideas that people might disagree with and how that's going to help you in your career and i also obviously want to talk about job search as well and how this is going to help people find their next position yeah, yeah. I think it's important. I think a good way to answer that is to talk about about fear. That there's there's different kinds of fear that that it can uh, cause us to to shut down. So there's there's the fear of the the terminal failure, and to to use a physical kind of analogy here, like that's the fear when you're standing next to an open flame that tells you not to put your hand in that flame. That's a, a really helpful fear. But then there's the other self-censoring fear that, that I think is that, like that you named here that is really important for us to um, to pay attention to. Because when we're bringing something to the table that we believe in, there's desire there. And we're always afraid of the things that we desire most not coming to fruition. And so the the default reaction for a lot of us is to play the to take the safe route, which is to not even bring those desires to the table, the desires to show up differently, to lead in a different way, or or whatever um, the case may be. But the truth is that through that fear, through facing that um, that desire and that that possibility of, of failure, that's where you get to become more of the person that you were made to be. More of 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 your your I I believe your true essence comes out. In that, and people respond to that. So, that, so I really want to think about fear as a force of, of of transformation in our lives. It points us to those places where the next iteration, where the growth edge of us personally and you know and professionally should be. So, it, it fear you know it points to those places of transformation. It reveals our desire, who we want to become. It uh, also tells us stories, and I think that's also an important part 
to, to note about fear is that behind those fears, there's often a story to be told. And if your fear if, is, is overwhelming you, if that self-censoring is you know, off the charts, and I think it's important to step back and think about why do I have such a bias towards self-censoring? And what is the story that I'm telling about, uh, about myself, about showing up differently that's, that's bolstering this fear okay. and keeping okay. us well let's let's quiet. Add, let's explore that yeah. question dan mm-hmm. so when uh, a listener asks her himself what why is this fear holding me back how are the answers uh gonna gonna help them both in their career and, and later in a job search yeah great question great question i think you know so when when you're Asking those questions about those those fears to to look at look at those stories and what are those stories and a lot of this I think you know comes psychologically back to formative years and to to um, ways that we've we've taken risks in the past and things have not gone well and that that story is being retold subconsciously right we're not actively <laughs> telling ourselves this story but our our subconscious has a way of bringing these back to light and so what happens then is as you begin to dig into those fears and sit with those fears and ask questions about those fears. And you start to explore what are these stories by telling those stories, by making that connection that I'm afraid of speaking up because in high school, I was in this class and every time I brought up my idea my teacher just shut me down, and I just this is just an example, of course, not to not to speak negatively about teachers because teachers are amazing, but because of that, that that teacher had a lot of weight in my life, and and so that shutting me down has caused me to one of the one is one of the micro stories that that reinforces the idea that I shouldn't speak up, that speaking up is bad, that sh- when you show up, you'll get punished for it. And what do you do with that information, Dan? You, you ask yourself that question. You you surface that example. There yes. are probably others that will bubble up. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you act on that information in yeah, the workplace great. and then later in the job search? Yeah, yeah. So it, it so what you begin to do is 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 when you encounter. So once you've made that link, that this fear has something to do with that experience, then that next time you hear you feel that fear, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to run away from it. But to note, okay, this fear is telling me I need to be quiet. I need to sit on my hands. I need to not show up. Instead, you could say, okay, thank you, fear, for trying to protect me. Your fear is helpful. Your fear is trying to protect you. Your fear is doing good things for you. But instead of listening, instead of defaulting to, to what the fear is telling you to do, you push into it. And you show up, you raise your hand and say, I have an idea. I have something I want to try. I like uh, a great analogy here is um, scary movies, monster movies. Um, I, I don't watch a lot of scary movies. My wife is, um, in, in particular, is much, much less keen to watch them with me. And I like to watch movies with my, with my wife. But some of the scariest movies, I think of M. Night Shyamalan's, um, some of his movies, which I loved back you know, in my, my early career, the scariest moments in those movies is when there's a monster, there's, there's something right off screen. You don't see, but the characters in the movie can see it. And it's terrifying. It's the, the most poignant moments in these movies. And then this thing happens when you actually see what the monster looks like and it's not actually 
all that scary. It's kind of goofy looking or the special effects aren't actually all that good. And this, that's the same thing that happens with your fear psychologically. You think that if I raise my hand in this meeting and I show up in that way, this fear, this fear I have of doing that is so big that the fear is it, like it's disproportional to the actual activity and the, the results that can come from it. And so by taking that story and showing up differently saying, I'm going to push into this fear. I'm going to do the thing that I'm scared of doing just this one time, just to try it a little bit. You find that good things can come from it. And what happens, Dan, when you you raise your hand at that meeting and it's 15 years after high school, it's not a teacher this time, but the manager or perhaps a peer uh, Mm -hmm. dismisses your idea. How do you recommend a listener uh, manage that? And yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, It's disappointing and it can hurt, right? Especially if it's something that you really believe in, especially if it took a lot of energy to, um, to present that idea, to show up in that way, um, to open yourself to, 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 to that vulnerability. And so again, I think the, 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 to circle back to, so how can I process this story? So I think writing about your feelings, getting them out on paper, helping, helping separate the action that you took, which is a courageous and bold action from the result that you took an action that was within your control and someone responded to you in a way that was outside of your control. And the two don't necessarily correlate. So that next time when you're going into that space and you're feeling that fear and you're deciding to show up differently, you can again say, I'm not going to show up in the same... Like, I'm going to show up in a, in a different way than my default and this is going to be risky, but I can handle that risk. And I think if it's if it's heavier, if it's bigger, if it's if it's more than you can bear, I think that's when you should, you know, you, you should look look to uh, to journal about it, tell friends about it, talk about it. The more you interact with that story, even showing up in that meeting and having your manager shut you down or whatever it might be, the more power you can have. And then I think if your manager is continually doing that, I think you might need to like bring up, you know, <laughs> that, that your manager might not be managing you in the way that you want to be managed. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break, Dan. And when we come back, I want to talk about job search and how to talk about failure when you're meeting with hiring managers and and potential employers and and describe the that experience uh, on your application materials as well. So stay with us when we come back. Dan Cumberland will continue to share his advice on why you need to fail in your career. Our guest today not only has terrific advice to share, he's also the host of an excellent podcast, The Meaning Movement Podcast. Dan's show is one of more than 100 programs featured in our third annual Maxless Guide to Top Career Podcasts. And you can get your free copy today. Go to maxless.org slash topcareerpodcasts. You'll find an easy-to-read list of the top podcasts about work and job search. And we also tell you what makes each program special and how it can help your career. But without our guide, finding these shows can be hard. That's because... Apple Podcasts has more than 750,000 programs in the United States, and only a fraction of these shows appear on the Apple Podcast charts. Unless you already know about a program, you might never discover it. Don't miss out on a podcast that can help you find your next job. Go to maxlist.org slash topcareerpodcasts. It's free. Many of these show hosts have been guests on this program. Discover for yourself why I invited them to share their job hunting advice with you. Get your copy today of Top Career Podcasts of 2019. Go to maxlist.org slash topcareerpodcasts. 
And now, let's get back to this podcast. We're back in the MaxList studio. I'm talking with Dan Cumberland. He's the host of the Meaning Movement podcast. And Dan, before the break, we were talking about why you need to fail in your career. And you gave examples of different kinds of failure. And I'm, I'm glad you made the point that often when people think about failure, they think of a catastrophic event. And what you're talking about are, are experiments, um, calculated yeah. risks that are going to help people grow professionally. Uh, but they will result uh, uh, in occasional setbacks. And sometimes you might even get fired, if not, uh, again, not for cause, but because you uh, – uh, you perhaps had a disagreement with the manager. Let's talk about how to talk about failure uh, during a job search. When you're yeah. meeting with a, uh, a hiring manager, for example, Dan, and let's go straight to the dark place. You were you mm. were fired from your, your last position. It, it wasn't for cause, but maybe there was a disagreement between you and your manager. What yep. do you recommend people say about that failure? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, like you're saying, so not, it's not about cost. It wasn't about, you know, breaking company policy, doing something inappropriate, but it was, is about those, you know, maybe disagreements and, and, and maybe dis- disagreements in vision. And I'd say what you, what you should do is you should own it. You should say, this is, you know, from my perspective, I got let go because of a misalignment of what, what I thought uh, what I felt like was required for my job and where I felt like my team needed to go and the leadership didn't feel that way and we couldn't come to a consensus on that. And I think just to own it as, you know, you're bringing something to the table and if if uh, that's not, you know, that's not what your past em- employer wanted, uh, that might be what your future employer wants. And if your future employer doesn't want that, then they should know ahead of time because it's not going to result in a good in a good fit for you. And Dan, so do I you think, recommend that people volunteer this information or is this something you should provide when asked? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't lead the interview by saying, hey, I just want you all to, to, know, to know why I got <laughs> right. let go. But if asked, I think if they, if asked, you know, why did you leave your, your last position or why were you let go if that if that's known information um, that you should be very uh, be open open about that and say you know and and also I think in that is to own if there are places where I think parts of of, of the experience that um, you would have done differently um, you know where maybe you didn't um, show up in, in exactly the right ways or you know maybe you responded you know it, it, not inappropriately by the book inappropriately but like you know, maybe you were too terse with your manager when when shut down or whatever might be, like to own some of those things. Um, and I think that's important because you know that someone, you know, they might call your manager and talk to their manager about uh, about you. And so you want to make sure that the story you're telling first is true. Second, represents you in in um, in what you want to do and where you want to go professionally but then third you know that it aligns with the story that they're going to hear from from um you know from your hiring manager or not from your hiring, from your past manager from your it, past coworkers all right. in your experience Dan uh, how open are hiring managers to bringing people on board who have these kinds of failures again we're not talking about being fired for cause but uh, there was yeah. a disagreement about direction or uh, approach yeah. 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 And I, I don't, I don't, I, I, it's hard to say, you know, specific, specific cases, but I'd say 
a good hiring manager is going to hire for alignment. And if they see in you the um, capacity to take calculated risks and to lead, um, then that's something that they're going to respond to. Um, and and so you know, I'd say you know this is and again. I I don't have I don't have data on this. Um, I think I do think it'd be interesting to to find to find that. But I, what I do know is that um, if someone if if a hiring manager is looking for a specific person um, a specific, with a specific capacity, and that show that can show up in these moments of of difficulty, in these moments of of risk and potentially of failure. And when talking about a failure uh, with a hiring manager or others in an interview, are there things you recommend a, a candidate never say about those experiences? Yeah, I think it's good to you know you want to you want to talk about them in the in, in uh, with as positive of language as possible. Um, but again, you know, being truthful about it, and I think that you know if if they, I think words like you know the a misalignment of um, of vision is a good way to say that. I was trying to bring something to the table that that the management was not interested in in having is a lot better than saying, yeah, I I failed and couldn't make it work. So to have more nuanced language to what you were trying to do in that job, in that position, in that role that didn't work, I think is is really good. Um, I think you know to think about the the positive you know positive spins while still being truthful is is an important part of how to talk about that. What do you find matters most to a hiring manager uh, who's discussing a past failure with a with a candidate or or even a dismissal? I think what matters most, what I find that matters most, is is honesty, ownership, and then uh, character. I think those are the those are the three that you can speak honestly and openly about about the experience. Um, so you're not you know covering up you know or or avoiding it. Um, Openness that you know it's not not something that you're afraid to, to to talk about, but then that your character shows, and your character shows in, in two ways. One is that you're able to own you know own own your mistake um, and say you know if it was a mistake, say that this is this is my role. I guess that's I wouldn't say mistake. We're not talking about mistakes here. We're talking about own how how you were a part of what happened, um, how you had a role in what happened. It wasn't something that happened to you. You were an agent. You made choices, and those choices re- resulted in in the things that um you know that the results that that came but then through that they get to see your character they see that you're a person that can you know can take ownership for for their choices Um, but not only that but you're the kind of person that can take risks and can show up um in ways that sometimes even in the midst of uh you know of of tension or um up against opposition I think that's terrific advice. It it is hard to do that, isn't it, Dan? To be that <laughs> yes. frank and and how do you recommend people prepare to have that conversation with a hiring manager? Yeah, I think preparatory practice interviews are uh, are helpful. I think especially if there are, especially if your your past workplace was um, in your departure from that workplace was a particularly poignant experience. Um, I think that it's really good to talk about that and to to get practice talking about that. Um, and there's coaches that can help you with that. Also, just having conversations with friends about it if it's particularly loaded um, emotionally. Um, you know, take that to even to a therapist. Um, you know, to journal about it, um, meditate on it, um, to let that like get into that experience, so that when your 
sitting in an interview and someone asks you about ex- that experience, you're not finding the words for the very first time to put words to what happened. You've had practice putting, you know, putting words around it. I think that kind of practice is so helpful. Uh, yeah. I can imagine there's a listener too out there who, who who's thinking, okay, failure, sure, I'm sure you can get rewarded for that in some fields, perhaps technology or uh, in the private sector. But in my world, let's say, for mm. example, government, uh, failure never gets rewarded. And I, I yeah. think a single government out. But I'm, I'm sure there are other sectors where people say that's not how our world works. What would you mm. say to a listener like that, Dan? Yeah, that that is tough. And I, I do think that there are cultures that uh, work cultures um, that may be less um, open to creativity, m- less open to to leadership. And I would I would ask, you know, what is it that you're trying to bring to the table, and where where do you want to go in in your career? And if you're in a space, a workplace that yeah, or I, don't, I wouldn't. I, I, w- I would venture to say that there that it, it wouldn't even go across full industries. I wouldn't say that there's full industries that um, don't allow uh, for 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 failure and for I, leadership. I would agree too. Yeah. 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 But I would say that 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 you know if if what you are are trying to bring to the table isn't welcome, then then it might be you know worth considering like is there a lateral move to another department to another office to another branch to another um organization that would welcome um that growth because when you're able to bring um when you're able to risk when you're able to fail and and do it in a way that's um that's supported and positive that's when work is really fun that's when you get to be you know you get to grow you get to stretch you get to to become the person that like i like i already said like that, that you're meant to be in in your job i love that um Seth Godin, a, you know, a great author, uh, writes around um, entrepreneurship and marketing and things like that. But um, also a lot about leadership. In one of his books, he said that, that the essence of leadership is being aware of your fear. He says it, it won't go away, but but awareness is is that key to making progress. And that so that leadership is about fear, which means that leadership is about opening yourself up to that possibility of failure. So if you can't lead in your current environment, then I would question whether that current environment is a good fit for you. And maybe that that uh, that next step for you, that fear or failure that you need to face is, is the fear of making a change to another uh, work environment and finding that, um, that next step for yourself. Well, it's been a terrific conversation, Dan. Now, uh, tell us what's next for you. Yeah, so I have a um, a course called the Calling Course. That's all about helping people figure out what to do with their lives, helping you think through um, what's next and what those next steps are. And um, I, I have a just a free mini course called Five Clues to Your Calling that helps uh, just walk you through five simple exercises, um, thinking about what is it that you have to give and um, and what's next. And you can find that at thecallingcourse.com slash max list. Well, terrific. And I know people can learn more about you, your podcast, and your blog by visiting themeaningmovement.com. Dan, you've shared a lot of great tips with us today. What's the one thing you want a listener to remember about why you need to fail in your career? Yeah, the one thing is that the the possibility of failure is necessary for growth in order for you to be the person that you're made to be.
you like to hear more from Dan? He hosts a terrific podcast. It's called The Meaning Movement, and you can find it and dozens of other shows in our new guide, The Top Career Podcast of 2019. Get your copy today. It's free. Go to maxlist.org slash topcareerpodcasts. Again, that's maxlist.org slash topcareerpodcasts. On our next show, our guest will be Margaret Roberts. She runs a career services center at the University of the Pacific. Margaret says parents can be a huge asset to children looking for work after college graduation. But parents can harm a new grad's prospects, too. Join us next Wednesday when Margaret and I talk about how parents can help or hurt a new grad's job search. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job.